Thank you for tuning in to Songs of Praise from 3ABN Australia Radio. We trust you'll enjoy this musical selection to bring you peace, comfort and hope.
saints and angels
Songs of Praise endeavours to draw your heart, mind and soul to a close relationship with your Saviour, Jesus Christ.
troubled heart and I believe they heard his voice they saw his face they heard his teachings of forgiveness
in the journey there's a light we can love on the way there is a wonder and wildness to life and freedom for those who
If you're enjoying this music, encourage your friends to listen to this program each week. Thank you. 
happy that it wasn't real Still how that dream so filled with fears Change the way that I think and feel All of us should ask what we're really longing for Special things for us or the Set me on the ground 
I once was lost, but now I'm found. In holy joy, in holy joy I now abound. You are my Lord, and now you are my crown. My crown, my crown. Footprints falling lead us to Thee. Footprints of Jesus that make the pathway glow. We will follow the steps of Jesus where they go. If they lead through the temple, holy priest, the word, or in homes of the poor and lowly serving the Lord. Footprints of Jesus that make the pathway glow. We will follow the steps of Jesus where they go. When on high he sees us our journey done We will rest where the steps of Jesus stand At his throne Footprints of Jesus that make the pathway glow We will follow steps of Jesus where they go. Long ago I saw my Savior hanging low upon a tree. Then my heart was touched with sorrow, for I saw he bled for me. Lo, the sky was veiled in darkness, sudden trembling shook the ground. As the angry crowd was jeering, mocking Jesus all around.
Invite your family and friends to also enjoy songs of praise.
just a cup or two of flour to make a cake to share. She gave it to the prophet. She gave it in God's name. And the little that she seemed to have was never quite the same. When you finally learn to
darkness have we who in Jesus abide. The light of the world is Jesus. We walk in the light when we follow our guide. The light of the world is Jesus. Come to the light, is shining for thee. Sweetly the light has dawned upon me. Once I was blind, but now I can see. Likeness. I'll be glad I'll have a new body. Praise 
here at 3ABN Australia Radio are delighted to share songs of praise with you. We look forward to your company next time. Welcome to 3ABN Australia Radio's book reading program. The book, The Ministry of Healing by Alan White, provides sound counsel regarding holistic health. It covers all aspects of living that contributes to good health like cheerfulness, fresh air, exercise, diet, and positive relationships with other people, to name a few. Crucial also is a personal relationship with our Creator, who gave us life and everything we need for health and happiness. In this book, Alan White deals with sickness of the soul and the healing balm to be found by trusting God in all things. Written in simple, beautiful language, ministry healing will point to a life full of joy and happiness, a life connected with the source of healing power. Let's join our book reader, Rosalie Ricards. Hello, this is Rosalie and I'm reading from the book Ministry of Healing by Alan White. Continuing Chapter 5, Healing of the Soul. Subheading, Wilt Thou Be Made Whole? Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. John 5, verses 2 and 3. At certain seasons the waters of this pool were agitated, and it was commonly believed that this was the result of supernatural power, and that whoever first, after troubling of the pool, stepped into the waters would be healed of whatever disease he might have. Hundreds of sufferers visited the place. But so great was the crowd when the water was troubled that they rushed forward, trampling underfoot men and women and children weaker than themselves. Many could not get near the pool, Many who had succeeded in reaching it died upon its banks. Shelters had been erected about the place that the sick might be protected from the heat of the day and the chilliness of the night. There were some who spent the night in these porches, creeping to the edge of the pool day after day in vain hope of relief. Jesus was at Jerusalem. Walking alone in apparent meditation and prayer, he came to the pool He saw the wretched sufferers watching for that which they supposed to be their only chance of a cure. He longed to exercise his healing power and make every sufferer whole. But it was the Sabbath day. Multitudes were going to the temple for worship and he knew that such an act of healing would so excite the prejudice of the Jews as to cut short his work. But the Saviour saw one case of supreme wretchedness. It was that of a man who had been a helpless cripple for 30 years. His disease was in a great degree the result of his own evil habits and was looked upon as a judgment from God. Alone and friendless, feeling that he was shut out from God's mercy, the sufferer had passed long years of misery. At the time when it was expected that the water would be troubled, those who pitied his helplessness would bear him to the porches. But at the favoured moment, he had no one to help him in. He had seen the rippling of the water, 
but had never been able to get further than the edge of the pool. Others stronger than him would plunge in before him. The poor, helpless sufferer was unable to contend successfully with the scrambling, selfish crowd. His persistent efforts toward the one object and his anxiety and continual disappointment were fast wearing away the remnant of his strength. The sick man was lying on his mat and occasionally lifting his head to gaze at the pool when a tender, compassionate face bent over him and the words, Wilt thou be made whole? arrested his attention. Hope came to his heart. He felt that in some way he was to have help, but the glow of the encouragement soon faded. He remembered how often he had tried to reach the pool and now had this little prospect of living till it should be troubled again. He turned away wearily, saying, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus bids him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. Verses 6 to 8. With a new hope, the sick man looks upon Jesus. The expression of his countenance, the tones of his voice are like no other. Love and power seem to breathe from his very presence. The cripple's faith takes hold upon Christ's words. Without question, he sets his will to obey. And as he does, his whole body responds. Every nerve and muscle thrills with new life, and healthful action comes to his crippled limbs. Springing to his feet, he goes on his way with firm, free step, praising God and rejoicing in his newfound strength. Jesus had given the palsied man no assurance of divine help. The man might have said, Lord, if thou wilt make me whole, I will obey thy word. He might have stopped to doubt and thus have lost his one chance of healing. But no, he believed Christ's words, believed and he was made whole. Immediately he made the effort and God gave him the power. He willed to walk and he did walk. Acting on the word of Christ, he was made whole. By sin we have severed from the life of God. Our souls are palsied. Of ourselves we are no more capable of living a holy life than was the impotent man capable of walking. Many realise their helplessness. They are longing for that spiritual life which will bring into harmony with God and are striving to obtain it. But in vain, in despair they cry, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? Romans 7.24 Let these desponding, struggling ones look up. The Saviour is bending over the purchase of his blood, saying with inexpressible tenderness and pity, Wilt thou be made whole? And he bids you rise in health and peace. Do not wait to feel that you are made whole. Believe the Saviour's word. Put your will on his side. Will you serve him? And in acting upon his word, you will receive strength. Whatever may be the evil practice, the master of passion, which through long indulgence binds both soul and body, Christ is able and longs to deliver. 
He will impart life to the soul that is dead in trespasses. Ephesians 2.1 He will set free the captive that is held by weakness and misfortune and the chains of sin. The sense of sin has poisoned the springs of life. But Christ says, I will take your sins. I will give you peace. I've bought you with my blood. You are mine. My grace shall strengthen your weakened will. Your remorse for sin I will remove. When temptations assail you, when care and perplexity surround you, when depressed and discouraged you are ready to yield to despair, look to Jesus and the darkness that encompasses you will be dispelled by the bright shining of his presence. When sin struggles for the mastery in your soul and burdens the conscience, look to the Saviour. His grace is sufficient to subdue sin. Let your grateful heart, trembling with uncertainty, turn to him. Lay hold on the hope set before you, Christ waits to adopt you into his family. His strength will help your weakness. He will lead you step by step. Place your hand in his and let him guide you. Never feel that Christ is far away. He is always near. His loving presence surrounds you. Seek him as one who desires to be found of you. He desires you not only to touch his garments, but to walk with him in constant communion. Subheading, Go and Sin No More The Feast of the Tabernacles had just ended. The priests and the rabbis at Jerusalem had been defeated in their plottings against Jesus, and as evening fell, every man went unto his own house. Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives. John 7, 53 and John 8, 1. From the excitement and confusion of the day, from the eager crowds and the treacherous rabbis, Jesus turned away to the quiet of the olive groves, where he could be alone with his God. But in the early morning, he returned to the temple. And as the people gathered about him, he sat down and taught them. He was soon interrupted. A group of Pharisees and scribes approached him, dragging with them a terror-stricken woman, whom with hard, eager voices they accused of having violated the seventh commandment. Pushing her into the presence of Jesus, they said with a hypocritical display of respect, Master, this woman was taken in adultery, in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, But what sayest thou? Verse 4 and 5. Their pretended reverence veiled a deep-laid plot for his ruin. Should Jesus acquit the woman, he might be charged with despising the law of Moses. Should he declare her worthy of death, he could be accused to the Romans as one who assumed authority belonging only to them. Jesus looked upon the scene the trembling victim in her shame, the hard-faced dignitaries devoid of every human pity. His spirit of stainless purity shrank from the spectacle. Giving no sign that he had heard the question, 
he stooped and, fixing his eyes upon the ground, began to write in the dust. Impatient at his delay and apparent indifference, the accusers drew nearer, urging the matter upon his attention. But as their eyes, following those of Jesus, fell upon the pavement at his feet, their voices were silenced. There, traced before them, were the guilty secrets of their own lives. Rising and fixing his eyes upon the plotting elders, Jesus said, He that is without sin among you, let him cast the first stone at her. Verse 7. And stooping down, he continued writing. He had not set aside the Mosaic law, nor infringed upon the authority of Rome. The accusers were defeated. Now their robes of pretended holiness torn from them, they stood guilty and condemned in the presence of infinite purity. Trembling lest the hidden iniquity of their lives should be laid open to the multitude, with bowed heads and downcast eyes, they stole away, leaving their victim with the pitying Saviour. Jesus arose and looking upon the woman said, Where are those of thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Verses 10 and 11. To be continued. Join us again next time when Rosalie Rickards continues reading from the book, The Ministry of Healing, here on your station, 3ABN Australia Radio. Let's listen to William Ackland as he shares a psalm from his paraphrase of the Bible called The Gift. David was in contemplative mood when he wrote Psalm 32. And the theme of this psalm is joy in forgiveness. Happy is he whose sins are forgiven, whose evil deeds are pardoned by God. Happy is the man whose sins are not charged to his account and in whose life is found no deceit. Before I confessed my sins, I felt I was wasting away because of the guilt gnawing at my soul all the day. Day and night, I felt your rebuke pressing heavily upon me. I had no strength left within me. I was like the summer's drought. But then I confessed my sin to you and did not try to hide my evil deeds any longer. I said, I will go to the Lord now to confess my sin. And you forgave me for all the wrongs that I had done. In the same way, those who are truly your children shall pray to you, seeking you while you may still be found. When the troubled waters rise, they will not overwhelm them. You are the one I flee to, O Lord, for you have kept me from many dangers. The songs I hear around me shall be songs of deliverance. God speaking now. I shall instruct you and show you the way that you should go. I will guide you with my ever watchful eye. So do not be like the horse or the mule, which cannot reason as you can, and which must be controlled with the bit and the bridle, or they will not come near you. The wicked shall suffer many sorrows, but he whose faith is in God 
will be covered with his forgiveness. So be glad and rejoice in the Lord, you children of God. Sing loud praises to him, all you whose hopes are in him.